Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Flow chart. Nothing personal. Word of the day is flowchart. Yesterday, we talked about the flowchart of decisions that the National Football League would have to make with the positive tests for the Tennessee Titans. They had three players test positive plus five staff members yesterday. We talked about that Roger Goodell needed to make some decisions, and today he has. He went down the flowchart, and here's where he ended up. We're playing football. Word came out that they are postponing Sunday's game. That's not big news. We knew that was going to happen. They're looking to play it either Monday or Tuesday. That was the part of the flowchart where Roger Goodell realized that having two teams not play when you can't play a doubleheader, I guess they could play like a three-quarter game and then another three-quarter game, like the baseball plays seven-inning games. No, not going to happen. So they can't do doubleheaders. They can't somehow create off days because teams don't have them. They don't want to go into the week. It's like saving the week after the championship series in case something else really bad happens. So the only possible option, even though word came out today that another Titans player had tested positive, this is flowing exactly like it did with the Marlins and the Cardinals. It started with three, then it went to four, and then on and on and on. Maybe it will not happen with the Titans. That's the hope. But the reality is that they are going to find a way to get the game in this week. So the reports are it's going to be Monday or it's going to be Tuesday. Interestingly enough, it's not as though the conversation with the broadcast network is going to be so difficult. So they call up their broadcast partners and say, hey, you know, we're going to give another national game. Do you have any windows in your TV schedule? Well, there's a lot of baseball going on. There's the NBA finals going on. We know that. I think The Bachelorette debuts, maybe The Voice, a bunch of other shows, no Survivor. But any time any network can get another national game of National League Football League, you know it's going to outdraw and outrate NBA playoffs, even the finals and MLB playoffs. So why is it that Roger Goodell waited so little time to make this decision? Baseball is a sport where practice there's been a lot of reports that practice doesn't much matter that hey just don't you don't need a preseason game everything's fine just go play i don't buy into that you have to have practices and pads you have to have game preparation it is very hard for the body to recover if they play tuesday the steelers and the titans that would mean they would take off Wednesday, get back to practice only Thursday, Friday, travel Saturday to play Sunday, assuming that the Steelers-Titans aren't the Monday night game the next week. And you know very well that with CBS having the game, they're going to be very cooperative in that reschedule of Steelers-Titans. That's the national broadcast partner making a national game. Could it be a CBS primetime midweek game? Will CBS pay extra for that right? 
Will it only be played locally? Will it go to one of the other national partners and CBS loses a game? That is the discussions that, that are being had right now by Goodell. Instead of the discussions on protocols and the discussions of how to deal with a potential outbreak or how to maybe change some of the rules in order to stop this from happening, do you think that Roger Goodell was paying attention with what happened in Notre Dame? Did you read about Notre Dame and they had 18 positive COVID tests on their team and they traced it back to a team dinner that they had? It was the one time that they all got together as a team without masks, maybe without proper social distancing. One guy apparently vomited during the dinner and it was from dehydration, not from COVID, yada, yada. The whole team has COVID. So then they decided after the fact, you know what? We're not going to have team dinners anymore. And if we do, we're going to sit so super far apart that no one will be able to talk without a microphone. There are adjustments that these leagues have to make. There's adjustments that cities and states are making, businesses are making. I get the feeling that the NFL is not as interested in making any sort of adjustments, even though they say health is the priority, safety is the priority. We saw the sacrifices that the NBA and the NHL did by going into a bubble. We saw the sacrifice today that Major League Baseball did throughout the course of their 60-game schedule, stopping games, playing doubleheaders, all sorts of issues they had to overcome to get to the playoffs. What sacrifice is Roger Goodell willing to make? Well, it looks like we're going to start with moving the game from Sunday to either Monday or Tuesday. It seems to me as I follow the NFL and enjoy the NFL, for them, denial is not just a river in Egypt. Well, we had a phenomenal day of baseball yesterday. I mean, if you're not excited, we had four playoff games yesterday. There are eight playoff games today, September 30th. By the way, tonight, totally off subject, tonight is finally September 30th. The People's Choice Podcast of the Year will be announced in the sports category. I think the ceremony may be at 6 p.m. I'm not sure. I'll be watching maybe the fifth of the eight playoff games they start at noon, one, two, three, five, seven, ten, four. Hike. Thank you for your support of nothing personal. I'll let you know tomorrow. Tomorrow will go one of two ways. Oh my God, we won. Oh my God, we were nominated. Either way, it's going to be a positive report. So I sat down to watch the playoff games yesterday in Major League Baseball, and I totally forgot about the 60 game season. I didn't think much about two teams being in there under 500 Astros and the Marlins, not the Marlins, the Astros and the uh, Brewers. I didn't think much about seeding matchups and how the Dodgers had to play a two out of three and the Rays were playing a two out of three and they could get eliminated by the Toronto Blue Jays. I just thought about what it was like when I was in the playoffs with the Marlins, what it's like for these teams, what it's like for these players and how quickly the regular season becomes meaningless. Do you know what the record is for the Cleveland Indians and Shane Bieber going into yesterday's game? It's the same as the record for Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Zero and zero. It's a new beginning, a brand new start. It was the game of the day yesterday, Indians against the Yankees, and it was an exciting game for, count it, four pitches. 
the game was over before I had a chance to pop the popcorn and open the Skittles. It was done. Aaron Judge hits a home run off Shane Bieber, and it is 2-0 Yankees. The Yankees crushed them. Bieber gave up seven runs. The worst start of the year by far in his playoff debut. All of the talk of the Triple Crown, Cy Young Award, everything that Bieber had, it didn't mean a thing. All the talk about the Yankees two and six in the last eight games, the lineup, are they good? Are they not good? Stan's now hitting 50. He hit a home run, by the way. Voight's in the cleanup spot. Judge, is he good? Yeah, he's fine. He hit a home run. Should we start Gardner? Should we start Frazier? Let's start Gardner. Glaber Torres, is he still good? He was good, and now he's not good, but he's pretty good. We're going to play him four for four. The Yankees showed that if you get pitching the way they got from Cole and your lineup plays to the ability that it was built to play to, they're going to be hard to beat. And if you're the Indians, you know that you can't beat the Yankees 12 to 10. You've got to beat them four to one or three to two. That is your only shot. When you've got Bieber going on the mound, you've got to get that first game. Now, in a two out of three series, I'm always fascinated by the importance of the first game. You got to win number one because now all of a sudden the Indians have to win two in a row. It's impossible. Teams win two in a row all the time. This series is far from over. Tonight, we've got Masahiro Tanaka going. Second time in a row. Coca, I'm turning Siri off, I promise. I don't know how I'm going to do it. It says, call root Coca. I'm turning Siri off. I'm I'm just getting out of this. I'm completely canceling out. We're starting over. Flowchart. Nothing personal word of the day. I'm just kidding. We're not starting over. Masahiro Tanaka pitches tonight for the Yankees. It's another 7 p.m. start going in Carlos Carrasco. Remember Carrasco with the Indians recovered, recovering from cancer starting right now. Tanaka is at the end of his seven-year deal. It's been a successful seven-year deal. Some would say, I would say he's been fine. Certainly not a superstar. He's been a nice number three starter. Came in with hopes of more. The Indians realize that they're going to have to get to Tanaka somehow. And they will. My wait to see today is that Tanaka is going to lose to the Indians. This is not my pick of the day. It's my wait to see that not only will he lose to the Indians, but also this will be his last start as a Yankee after seven years. I wonder whether Yankee fans watching the game last night said to themselves, we're going to run the table. We've got the Dodgers. I wonder where the Indians said to themselves, we should have traded Lindor. We shouldn't have traded Clevenger, even though he's hurt. We shouldn't have traded Bauer. Although they did get Josh Naylor, who did go four for four. Josh Naylor on the Indians went four for four with a home run, two doubles and a single. He's a guy we drafted with the Marlins. He was always a big hit guy with no position to play. They're playing him in the outfield. I think you learn when you're in the playoffs or when you're in the industry. You cannot focus too much on one game. And the Yankees and the Indians are both going to be really smart about that. And as they head in today's must-win game for the Indians, this series is not over. Okay, the Twins played yesterday. What's noticeable about the Twins? Did you notice that they didn't win the game against the Astros? Did you by chance notice 
that they had an easy play on a ground ball to short and that Polanco made an error because he didn't set his feet. Did you notice that Brantley then got a hit and the Astros ended up scoring multiple runs and winning the game? I'm just curious if you watched that game and you noticed because you were rooting so hard against the Twins, against the Astros, I should say. Did you notice that the Astros took advantage and that even with Altuve not getting a hit, though he did get two walks, even with Zach Greinke being decent, being taken out early with Dusty Baylor, never takes out a pitcher early, as we've discussed on Nothing Personal. And then they put in their rookie starter, went five innings, finished the game. Did you notice that the Minnesota Twins have now lost 17 games in a row in the postseason. It is the greatest, longest losing streak in the history of sport. There is no team in any sport which has lost 17 postseason games in a row. It's almost impossible. Of course, I'm jealous because I'd love to have 17 postseason games to lose, but it's impossible. The last team to lose anything close to that was the Red Sox when they lost the last two in 1986 to the Mets. They then lost 11 more over the course of the next 12 years. They had a 13-game losing streak. The last team period to lose more than 17 games in a row was the Royals in 2005. They lost 19 in a row. Or was it 15 in a row? 19 in a row. Coco, we talked about it and I can't remember. They lost some 15, 17, or 19 in the regular season. That was 2005. The Minnesota Twins keep finding a way to lose. They keep having phenomenal regular seasons. They repeat it as AL Central. And guess what? They are one game from elimination. Is it time to panic? Well, after that game, I've got a very simple meeting that I have. Go into that clubhouse. And I don't call a team meeting because the Twins know they haven't won postseason games. Even though it's been with different rosters, they're aware of the albatross on their back. I go locker to locker player to player. And I say, listen, I hit him on the butt and I say, let's get him tomorrow. But then I come into the clubhouse today, which is tomorrow. And I look at the mood and I look to see how loose they are. If I sense any sort of sphincter tightening, I'm going to do something pregame that will make people laugh. Maybe I'll walk through the clubhouse in my skivvies. Maybe I'll stand in the middle of the clubhouse and play Barry Manilow. Maybe I will go on the field and take BP with the team and stand there with my glove and get try to catch a, a fly ball during BP. I'm going to do something. I may bring in Hostess Cupcakes as the pregame meal. I may bring in a one of those people who practice voodoo and burn some bats and burn some gloves and burn some balls. I may try to get the actor from the Geico commercials who played Serrano to do a FaceTime and see if he'll give a little talk about what it is. But I'm going to be doing something if I sense the twins are tight. And I'm worried they are. They released just now that they are having a player named Alex Kirilov make his debut tonight in right field. Not his season debut, his major league debut as the number two Twins prospect. His major league debut is in an elimination game. He was a 2016 first round pick. He is going to start in a playoff game where the Twins have to win. 
that smells of panic to me. I don't want to risk hurting the mental game of Alex. I don't want to risk him going 0 for 4 with the turkey, three strikeouts, and having the Twins lose their 18th playoff game in a row and getting eliminated and having Alex think in any way that he had something to do with it. If he had not been ready, Coco, was he hurt all year? Was he in the alternate site? Do we know? Let's pretend he was hurt all year and he's finally healthy and ready to go. You're going to make his debut game two of the playoffs. Let's pretend he wasn't hurt all year, but he never was worthy of having his major league debut. Now, an interesting note. I have to go back and look at the rules for the playoffs. This is a good question for anyone out there because I'll correct myself if I'm wrong. Players do not get service time for playing in the playoffs. It is possible that Alex Kirilov will be playing a major league baseball postseason game with 0.00 service time. And he will end the playoffs. Even let's say he wins the MVP. Let's say that he becomes Miguel Cabrera and ends up hitting cleanup and ends up being the superstar, wins the LCS MVP, the World Series MVP. Could be the first ever player with 0.0 days of service time. We got to check that, Coca, because it's just insane. Twins, don't panic. Don't ever let them see you sweat. I wonder if the Oakland A's are sweating. They could be. We lost our pick of the day yesterday. You know that. We're down to 21 and 15. We had the A's beating the White Sox, but they didn't. The A's lost to the White Sox because the 1927 Yankees would have lost to the White Sox yesterday. Lucas Giolito pitched almost a perfect game. He was perfect through six. He was unhittable. The A's simply had no chance. Now, people will say the A's made a mistake by starting the left-handed pitch to Lazardo because the White Sox never lose to lefties. They're now 15-0. That's horse hockey. The White Sox won the game having nothing to do with Abreu's two-run home run. Nothing to do with Engel's postseason debut home run in his first at-bat. No, 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 no. The White Sox won the game simply because they had Lucas Giolito. When you run into a pitcher like that in the postseason, you are going to lose the game. It's that simple. It didn't matter that the White Sox were the coldest team heading into the playoffs. Didn't matter. Just like it didn't matter for the Indians that they were the hottest team, having won nine out of their last 11 heading into game one. When you face pitching... That works, you lose. Lucas Giolito got it done. The White Sox go for the sweep today. My way to see was the A's sweeping the White Sox. I can still win half of that. We'll see what happens. Okay, so what is the mentality that we're dealing with right now? It is very bizarre in a two out of three series because every loser from yesterday, the Indians, the A's, The Twins, there was a fourth game, and I'm completely blanking. The Indians, the the Twins, the A's. What was the fourth game in the American League, Coca? This, This is nothing personal. We do a show, and once in a while, I just lose my mind. The Blue Jays, of course. The Blue Jays lost to the Rays and Blake Snell. Thank you. Sorry, Blue Jays fans. I love you, Canada. I don't know why I forgot about them. What do you do when you're heading into a game two 
when you're up game one and it's a two-game series. Here's the mentality that you have to have and what you're telling your team. These game twos today in the American League are being treated like game sevens by both teams, even though it's really a game six. Let me explain. It's too long. Let me summarize. It's a game seven for the team down one nothing. Because if they lose, they're out. It's a game six for the team up one nothing. Because if they lose, they still have game seven. But the mentality of the teams up one nothing has to be to close it out today because you don't ever in baseball, much more so than basketball and hockey, you don't want to get to a game seven in baseball when you are up three to two in a seven game series or two to one in a five game series or one to oh in a three game series. Because in baseball, as we learned yesterday, if your pitcher doesn't have it, you lose no matter how much you're favored. If for whatever reason, your hitters are grumpy and the balls don't fall in, any team in baseball can beat any team in baseball in a game seven. Hard stop for getting home court advantage, for getting fans or no fans, for getting your payroll. It doesn't matter. In a one game series, which is why owners are so over and upset with the one game wildcard rounds, In a one-game series, anything can happen. So when you've managed to squeak out a win like the Astros did or get a performance like the Yankees got from Cole or the White Sox got from Giolito or the Rays got from Blake Snell, you know what you're doing today? You are closing it out. And the Rays have a chance, even though they're pitching against the Blue Jays' number one starter, Ryu. They held Ryu out because they wanted to give him an extra day's rest. They knew he could only pitch one of the first two games, only once during the series. So you might as well start Shoemaker, follow him up with Robbie Ray. Not a good plan. You want to be up one nothing in a two out of three series. Believe me, you do. So the Blue Jays get to counter with Ryu. But guess what? The Rays are the better team. And the Blue Jays will be sorry they didn't pitch Ryu in game one. My nothing personal pick of the day, as we're now only six games over, 21 and 15, is that the Rays will end the Blue Jays' season today. Ryu will lose to Glass now. Other things, I mean, it's too much today. How do we deal with this, Coca? What do you watch? I, I, I don't know what to do. The NBA Finals begin tonight. Heat, Lakers. So there was a media availability yesterday, and LeBron James said some things that we have to Make sure we tell you about because he was so full of it that if I looked carefully and I had been in the room, I would have handed him some Charmin so he could wipe his nose and mouth. He said that this championship will be the most meaningful because of the mental strain of the bubble. I agree. It has been. The mental bubble has taken a far greater toll than the physical bubble in the NBA, no doubt about it, with the underpinnings of all of the social unrest, all of that. I'm fine. No need for Sherman. But he didn't stop there. He then said that beating Miami is of no factor or consequence. Doesn't matter. 
I just want to win the title. I don't care if it's over Miami or over the Celtics or over any team in the Eastern Conference. I just want to win. Well, LeBron, that would make you the first player in history who has an ugly exit from a team and has no interest in beating that team when they face that team in the playoffs. That would make you different in every way, in a way that I've never seen a player be different. It would literally be a first. But LeBron, here's the thing. You're not fooling me. I know exactly what your relationship is with Pat Riley. We all do. We know exactly how the exit went for Miami and things that were said, things that were done. The consternation you felt having been to the finals four straight years with the Heat, won two titles with them. It was an ugly breakup. And if you think that we think that we don't know that you realize no matter what you're trying to say that you believe that you're playing this seven game series like it's any seven game series that you're just trying to get your fourth title so you don't go three and seven in the finals. Absolutely no chance. I promise you. I promise you. That LeBron James is going to be the MVP of this finals if the Lakers manage to beat the Heat. Because he is going to single-handedly make sure that he reminds Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, and everyone else in the Heat organization that him leaving was the difference between winning and losing. I'm going to give you a bonus pick as I promised I would. And the bonus pick is the following. The Heat tonight will cover. The Heat are getting six points from the Lakers. The Heat are a really good team. I'm not sure that they lose this series, even though everyone says the Lakers in five, Lakers in six, no chance to beat Davis and LeBron four to seven times. I'm not sure I'm buying it. The Heat find a way to win. Take the six points and watch baseball, watch basketball, try to figure out your picture in picture. We'll see what happens. Remember, we're 21 and 15, two picks. We've got Rays over Blue Jays and Heat getting the six points. Okay, we're going to do a nothing personal update right now. The nothing personal update is based on a segment that we started in the show. And you know how nothing personal goes. We go 45 minutes and that's it. And when things happen during the show, we'll talk about it. If it Coca tells me in my ear, we got to talk about it. We'll update things. We'll correct things. We talked about the Tennessee Titans and how rumors are they're playing their game either Monday or Tuesday. That was released. That's a rumor. I don't know how. Well, guess what? Nashville, which is where the Titans play, have a major league soccer team. And that major league soccer team has a home game on Tuesday night. And they share their stadium with the Titans. Remember, Nashville is the soccer club. Remember, they were withdrew from the MLS Cup way that was in Orlando a couple months ago because they had that COVID outbreak. And instead of trying to get better, they just said, you know what, we're leaving. And they left the bubble. Well, now MLS has started again. And MLS has a game Tuesday night. But in a release that the NFL had just today, they said that we will play either 
Monday or Tuesday. Do you think the NFL has the hubris where even with a conflict in the stadium that they would win that conflict and that the Titans would get to play instead of the Nashville team? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to make the benefit of the doubt here with the NFL and Roger Goodell that he took his thumb out of his mouth and he spoke to the president of the Titans and they went over the lease that the Titans have in their stadium and the lease that the Nashville MLS team has. When I say Nashville MLS team five different times, you know what that means. Nothing personal people after a year, you know what that means. I don't know their nickname. I admit it. Maybe it's just the Nashville soccer club. Maybe they have no nickname. Maybe that is the nickname. Here's what the lease may say. And I know this because the Marlins had a lease with the Dolphins. And the lease stated that the Dolphins had priority every day of the week and twice on Sunday. If there's a Dolphins game that needs to be played, sorry, Marlins, you're not playing. I will bet you dollars to donuts that in the lease that the Titans have, it is very clear that they have scheduling priority. And even in case of a force majeure, which is some sort of event that they can't control like COVID, although I could argue they could control it. We're going to have a, actually, uh, uh, we're going to talk about that next. That in the lease, it says that they win. Any conflict, NFL wins. And that MLS is very aware as well. And the NFL didn't even have to call MLS. That NFL could do a release saying Monday or Tuesday. They prefer to do it Monday. Although they're going to have to speak to CBS and figure out when to put it in the national circuit for this week. But obviously, you'd rather play Monday so the teams can have enough of a practice week going forward, as we talked about earlier in this show. But while there could be outrage by soccer fans that a home game could be moved, changed, canceled, postponed, just know the odds are that your soccer team is a second-class tenant to the Tennessee Titans. Wait to see. All right. Speaking of the NFL and COVID, what do we got, Coca? You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. Yes, you do. Thank you. From Half Baked. So you want to talk Samson? It's a segment we do almost every show. Get into my Instagram at David P. Samson. Get into Twitter at David P. Samson. Go into the DMs. They're public. And ask a question. And see if I cover it on the show. This was a good one. How should the NFL handle the Raiders situation? Huh? What's the Raiders situation? The Raiders situation got public. They play in Las Vegas, trying to keep football players publicly responsible in Las Vegas is near impossible. Word came out that over the weekend, After their game, several players from the Las Vegas Raiders attended a charity event held by one of their teammates, Darren Waller. A great charity event, by the way. It was a fundraiser used to raise money to help young people overcome drug and alcohol addiction. I am all in favor of charity events. You know that. I'm all in favor. We're all in favor here at Nothing Personal of giving money to charity, giving our time to charity. I am not blaming Darren Waller or any of the teammates who went, whether it was their quarterback, Derek Carr. Remember Jason Witten, their tight end. Bunch of players went. I don't bemoan them that. I think I just used the word bemoan wrong. 
What I do find actionable is that they didn't realize that when they're at a public event, every single person there is in the press and every single person there has a camera. Every person, when you are a public figure and you are out in public, it is not just the media you have to look out for. It is anybody with a pulse because anybody with a pulse is now in the media with no training. All they do is take the phone, they take a pic, they post the pic, and it's game over. The picture that was posted was of the Las Vegas Raider players at this event, not practicing social distancing, not wearing a mask. That is a violation of the league rules. So much so that the Raiders owner, Al Davis's son, Mark Davis, who now owns the Raiders, the, the Al Davis, as you know, passed away. His son owns the Raiders. He said in response, you don't like seeing this. I don't know that it's actually been built into our memories that you have to wear a mask. Mark, I appreciate that quote. But let's be clear that it doesn't have to be built into your memories. It doesn't have to be an automatic that you wear a mask, that it, it becomes a what's the word, Coco, when you have a uh, when you hit your knee and your knee and your leg kick kicks up. There's a word for that. It doesn't have to be, I want to say, secondhand common knowledge or but that's not the word. It's it's a um, it's a word when you do something that is just matter of fact, you don't think about it, you just do it. It's like with muscle memory. It's like blinking. It just happens. It's automatic. It doesn't have to be that way with masks at all. The players got to a place. How many times have you left your house without a mask? A reflex. Thank you, Coca. It is definitely a reflex. It doesn't have to be a, a reflex in your memory to put a mask on by any stretch at all. It simply has to be something that when you see you forgot it reminds you to remember and you get one if you don't have one and you put it on. I'll give the benefit of the doubt to the NFL players that they didn't realize or they didn't remember. They didn't think about it. I'm not going to give the benefit to Mark Davis saying that it hasn't been built into our memories. Therefore, we have to make sure we build it into our memories. No, this is one of those things that when you're in the NFL trying to get through a season, especially at the day that the Tennessee Titans had players testing positive. You have got to follow the rules. You do not go to these events. And if you do, you make sure that they are not highly attended or you do what every other 501c3 is doing. You make them virtual. And yes, it hurts. These organizations are absolutely being crushed. They're not getting the money that they need to operate, to help people in need. But the fact is that you cannot sacrifice the rules of COVID and the rules the NFL have put in to try to get through this season in a non-bubble. We said the teams have been fined 250 grand for their coaches not wearing a mask on the sideline. The coaches were fined 100 grand for wearing their mask below their chin, if at all. The NFL has got to find the Raiders. The evidence is clear. It's not hearsay. There are pictures of the players Videos of the players not wearing masks during an indoor event. You've got to set an example, even though it will cost me a wait to see where I said teams will no longer get fined. I should have been more clear that teams will no longer get fined for on-field infractions or in-stadium infractions. 
I should have known better that it's impossible to believe that all teams will behave. Remember when the Cardinals and Marlins had their outbreak? I can just tell you that after that, MLB players got it really straight. Total improvement. The hope with the NFL is that with the Titans having these positive tests, that all the teams will get it straight, that all the players will behave. It is not off to a good start with the Raiders. The way I would handle that situation, I'm the NFL, I'm finding the Raiders, I'm finding Mark Davis. If I'm Mark Davis, I am finding the players up to the maximum amount allowed under the collective bargaining agreement. I've got to make it very clear. It's not about muscle memory. It's not about reflex. This is about team. And the players, while doing a very good deed, screwed the whole thing up. Anytime I can talk about Lionel Messi in the show, I'm going to do it, right? How do you, how do you not? You have to. Remember the whole story we talked about with Messi and how he wanted to get out of Barcelona? Remember how Messi was trying to negotiate with his father, his exit, and it was like an $800 million fee that would have to be paid by another team. And then Messi said, forget it. I'm just staying at Barcelona. Well, Messi met the media virtually. And when Messi talks, I'm going to listen. But what he said yesterday He must have not only no PR assistance. Maybe it's his dad is his PR guy and his agent. Maybe he's just so famous and so popular that he feels he can say anything and no one will pay attention to what he really means. But not here on Nothing Personal. Messi said, quote, addressing the fans for the first time since this debacle. If any fans were annoyed by something that I said or did, let there be no doubt that anything I did was always with the club's best interests in mind. Please marinate on that for a minute if you don't mind. Let there be no doubt that anything I did was always with the club's best interests in mind. Well, Messi and LeBron can have a virtual party tonight because if that's true, that would be a first ever. You're telling me that Messi wants to leave Barcelona, having nothing to do with the fact that Barcelona hasn't won enough trophies. You want me to believe that he wanted to leave Barcelona and it had nothing to do with the fact that he can't stand the team president who's about to be voted out, by the way. You want me to believe that Messi wanted to leave simply because it was in the club's best interest? It's the biggest crock of crap I've ever heard. It was in your interest. You didn't get along with the front office. You wanted to leave. You, you, you. Why can't you stand up and take the microphone and say, listen. Our second best player has already left for another team. It's a guy named Suarez. The president of our club is about to be voted out. I don't believe that I'm getting any younger and I want to win. 
We've had a great run in Barcelona. I love you fans. You will always hold a special place in my heart, but I wanted to leave and I am disappointed it didn't work out. I will play my heart out this year, but after that, I'm leaving. Why isn't that a better way to approach it? The club's best interest. Yeah, it's always in a club's best interest. Maybe he's going to say the following. It was in the club's best interest because I was trying to get you $400 million and you can use that $400 million to improve your financial situation. That's the club's best interest. That's bogus. The club's best interest is having a player like Messi on the team and having Messi with a good attitude and having Messi playing well and helping the team win. That's what's in the club's best interest. You can do better, Messi. Let's be better when we take the microphone. And that's a theme that we're going to talk about again after the break when we have a review. And believe me, it wasn't a movie and it wasn't a TV show. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. In the remaining minutes of today's show on September 30th, I am going to give a review. You know I watch a movie. You know I watch TV shows, and I like reviewing it. I had a great movie to review today, and I'm just going to review it tomorrow. It's called Thunder Road, but that's not what I'm reviewing. Last night at 9 p.m., I turned away from the Indians-Yankees game, and I turned on the first presidential debate. I love sports. Sports is my livelihood. But sports is not life. What's life is what's going on in our country. I am so proud to live in a democracy where we have a chance to vote and we have a chance to evaluate candidates. Where debates happen between candidates, where you can learn what candidates want to do if voted in by the people. What candidates believe is the best path forward for the country? Listen to two different paths and you make the decision based on the path that you want for yourself, your family, your friends, your business, whether you're a one issue voter or a five issue voter, whether you know you're voting for Trump or for Biden, doesn't matter to me who you're voting for. You know what matters to me is that you vote. I watched that debate and I watched it unravel into a series of name-calling, interrupting, absolutely the most disrespectful debate I'd ever seen, the most disrespectful conversation I'd ever witnessed between two grown adults. It wasn't just Trump. I don't approve of Biden calling Trump a clown, telling him to shut up. I don't approve of Trump not following the rules of the debate and of impugning the life of Biden's son. What did you learn in that debate last night that will help inform you how to be a better American, a better citizen, that will help inform you which way to vote? 
What, did you know who you were voting for? Then why'd you watch the debate? Did you just want to have confirmation bias? You can say I'm voting for this person and watching that debate. I was right. That's who I want to vote for. If you have made your mind up on who you are voting for, we should all be ashamed of ourselves. I am embarrassed and mortified that the choices I have are of these two men who made the decision to use the debate last night as an opportunity to show us everything that's wrong with America. Forget the merits. I don't even want to get into the fact that Trump would not acknowledge his view of white supremacists. Actually, he did. Talked about the Proud Boys. Stand by. You know how scary and sick that is? If you didn't know what Biden's going to do to your wallet and understand his tax plan, do you know now? Do you have a better idea? Do you understand how he wants to open the country or not open the country as it relates to COVID and as it relates to your livelihood? Or were you too busy watching these two men go at each other with Chris Wallace as the moderator who lost complete control, the worst moderating of a debate I've ever seen? I'm not sure anyone could have gone done better. What purpose did it serve other than showing the rest of the world and every one of our citizens that we and our political process are an absolute, unmitigated, disastrous joke. If you were not embarrassed, mortified, and pissed off, then you just didn't turn to the debate. Intellectual discourse is what we need. Intellectual discourse that teaches people on issues they want to learn about. I don't think one person will change his or her mind or their mind on who they're voting for due to last night's debate. You'll simply say, who I wanted, won. Who I didn't want is a joke. It's not the point. This is the United States of America. This is a presidential election. These elections matter. It's disgraceful in the middle of a debate. They couldn't, either one of them, Abide by the rule that you and I know so perfectly. Make it about business. It's nothing personal. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.